Hey guys, so what is Thrivehood, you might ask? Well, that's a good question. I'd say it's a relevant life roadmap for young men out there who want to thrive as they're maturing boldly into manhood. From the very serious to the silly, I chat about a wide variety of relatable topics that both challenge and motivate you to do what needs to be done now so you can become who you want to be later. I'm Tim Williams, and this is Thrivehood. Recently, I had author, speaker, sociologist Jonathan Katherman on an episode, and it was so well received that I wanted to bring him back on. And the timing couldn't be any better because he's releasing a new book called Raising Them Ready. Raising Them Ready. You can get it at Amazon or just about any bookstore that's out there. And it'll be releasing March 22nd, uh, based on when this episode is releasing. I think that would be tomorrow. So Tuesday, March 22nd. Go and get a copy. If you're being raised by parents, guardians, you know, your foster care, wherever you're at, plead with them to get this book. I am so excited about this book. I love what he's doing. I'll be honest. I wish I wish I had this book probably about 12, 13 years ago for my kids. And I just really think what he's got is there's just so much here to unpack. It's it's almost does it injustice in this 20 minute interview that, that I do with him. But that's the reason you need to go get the book or at least encourage your parents. And let me say this lastly, while he may be speaking to parents or guardians, don't let that stop you from grabbing a copy of this if you feel you need it. If you're in a situation or your circumstances are such that you maybe you don't have parents or family members that are as engaged as you're really wanting, you know what I talk about, guys, in Thrivehood. Don't let that stop you. You go find a way to get this book because you never know. Not only will it help you, but you might have little tykes of your own someday. And this would be a great resource for you guys. So here we go with Jonathan Catherman again. And welcome aboard, Jonathan. It's good to be back, Tim. It's been a while. You've been a busy fella in the last, well, since the last time we spoke, haven't you? A little bit. Yeah, we've got a book launch coming up. So what that means is that every day I'm on somebody's radio show, podcast, article, something like that's going on. And meanwhile, I'm still trying to be a cool dad and volunteer coach track for my son and work on cars and be a good husband. And, you know, so, yeah, life's a little busy. Work? Do you work on cars, really? You do oh, man, we wrench all the time. Yeah, we're, we're big time. So, can I brag a little bit? Well, sure. I'm not bragging. It's just you, when you're excited about something, you want to talk about it. So we have a, a, a teenage son who his first car that he helped pay for is a 1983 280ZX. <laughs> Five-speed digital dash. And he has done so much cool work on this car. And I, and it's, <clears throat> excuse me. And I, I just enjoy teaching them how to wrench on that. Meanwhile, <laughs> on my side of the shop, I've got parked an old Rover, an old Land Rover. Oh, wow. that, and there's an old saying about Land Rovers that if it ain't leaking, you ain't, it ain't running. So <laughs> you, you're always working on Land Rovers. So yeah, from when I was a teenager, my first car was, we were wrenching and we've been wrenching ever since. So, okay. So I got to tell a story. My, I'm looking for, 
Well, me and my son, were both looking for a truck. He's wanting a truck. He just turned 16. And right now he's using dad's truck and mom's car and his sister's car. So he's, he's ready. Although, uh, you know, with the way the uh, used car prices have just gone through the roof, I'm sort of struggling with that, but we came across you remember the Gremlins, AMC Gremlin? Oh, no. You found an AMC Gremlin? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Go I'm, Google that, Liz. Yeah, you try to find that. And so we, uh, I, was, I ran across that. It was like 1500 bucks, And I'm like, hey, you know, you can check this out, man. And he was like, Dad, come on. And then, uh, like, literally a couple of pages later, I was in uh, Craigslist or something like that. Anyway. And I go a few pages over and there was another one and it was all souped up. It was jacked up, had fifties on the back. You know, it was sort of like oh. the old funny cars back in the seventies, you know, we'd put yeah, yeah. jack up the back end, but that didn't fly either. So anyway, just buy it for an investment, buy it now, do a little bit of work on it and sell it for three times what you paid for it. I you I, can buy a truck. I've thought about, I, I'll tell you what, we're, we're like so way off track right here, but you, you've, op I've opened up Pandora's box, but I have always wanted a hot rod, a true, not a rat rod. Those are okay, but a true hot rod, you know, a deuce coupe or a tea bucket or something like that. So I, I don't know if that'll ever happen, but uh, that it won't happen if you don't start thinking about it. Vision, mission, goals, man. You can Vision, pursue that. Perfect segue <laughs> <laughs> to the new book. So you are launching a new book now. Uh, by the way, I didn't even tell you this when we were prepping, but this episode will launch uh, this coming Monday, the 21st. So yeah. when this launches tomorrow, ladies and jelly spoons, the book will be released on March 22nd. So tomorrow, whenever this podcast posts, it'll be tomorrow, Tuesday, the 22nd. So go, go, go out, get a brand new copy of Raising Them Ready by Jonathan and Erica, right? Your wife's That's right. My wife's name is Erica. And when you're writing a book about parenting, you don't dare do it without your wife. No way. Not, not in our case, at least. So yeah, Raising Them Ready, Practical Ways to Prepare Your Kids for Life on Their Own releases March 22nd. And we're really excited because this is a great book for anybody who is raising up a, a kid between the age of two and 22 years old. So the first question, the most obvious is what was the catalyst behind writing this book? What, where were you at when you guys said, Hey, wait a minute. I, I, th I think we see a need here. Can you expound on that a few minutes? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I'm a sociologist and, and so I'm always looking at things from like the geeky nerdy sociologist side of life. And my wife, she is, she's one of those connector people. She's full of empathy. So she's a relational and, and so our sons are coming of age where we have one that's that's left the house. He's off in college. Another one's about to leave the house. And a few years back, we started asking ourselves, have we prepared our boys for life on their own, you know, to leave home? And so I took on the, the geeky sociologist and she took on the loving mother. And we created this list of things we knew our sons would need to know how to do on their own. Like an example would be, well, do they know how to you know cook for themselves? Do they know how to do their own laundry? Do they know how to change a tire or to, to fill out a, a W-4 when they start a new job? Or or you know, how do, do they know how to do these, these things of life that, that most adults do on the regular? But this will be kind of their, their initiation. So we we looked at that list and went, oh, we got a couple of things we got to catch up with here. And a couple of other things were like, oh man, we're 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 fine. They're gonna they're gonna crush it. 
And uh, so a few people said, oh, I need that list for my kids. And so like for all the other books we've written, we went, oh, wait, there's a need for this. So hence the Raising Them Ready book concept was created. And again, this, the geeky sociologist, nerdy guy in me said, all right, there's some structure here that parents can see because they're really complicated models, though, you know. And I said, how do we make these models simpler for a parent without a PhD in psychology or childhood development to understand some very important concepts of raising our kids ready to take on life on their own rather than just always being under our guidance as parents? You say that there are really three parts to the book. And within those parts, there are phases and chapters, and I'll let you expound. So let's just take this, if you don't mind, Jonathan, take it from that approach. The first, there's ready, set, go, I think are the parts. So tell us a little bit about each one. What what is the ready part of the book? Okay, so in Raising Them Ready, you'd think the whole book would be about the title ready, but really it's broken into three separate parts. As you said, ready is part one set is part two, and go is part three. So we wanted parents to see in, in reading through the book is that there are some very complicated models in, in sociology and in psychology and in, in the context of raising our kids ready that are, are can be hard to comprehend and understand without a PhD and some advanced learning in the concept. So we're like, let's make these things, let's make these models um, simpler. So in ready, we have a readiness assessment, which is one of the favorite models I've ever, um, you know, created. Um, in, in the readiness assessment, a parent can take a look at any demand that their, their kid faces in life between the age of two and 22 years old and determine if their child is ready or not to take on that demand. And so the way that this works really simply is a demand can be anything from do they know how to brush their teeth by themselves to can they make a sandwich for lunch on a Saturday or, or for their school lunches? Um, could they make their own bed, do their own laundry, take the pet for a walk? These are demands. These are things that happen every day. Unload and load the dishwasher. That's a demand. A demand is something that requires a very specific action. There's not a whole lot of free flow to demands, right? right. Then there's the more taxing demands, like a flat tire on the side of the freeway. Um, or, you know, a, a boss wanting you to, to come in 15 minutes early for work because there's a special dinner party coming in at the restaurant that your kid's working at, or, um, you know, how to, how to resign from position without, without burning a bridge. I mean, the demands of life are many. And, and as adults, older adults, we recognize and they become part of our life. It's what we call doing life, right? Mm -hmm. So here's the way it works. When your kid faces a demand, are they willing and able to take it on? Willingness is a mindset thing. Able is a skill set and tool set thing. If they're willing and able, then they kind of fork right, if you will. They take a right turn. And in that direction, their brain sees that demand as a challenge. And when our brains face challenges, we, you know what, to be a real side note here, we have misused the word challenge. We use it in a negative term, but our brain don't, doesn't work like that. When our brain sees a demand as a challenge, it registers as a positive thing and our performance levels actually increase. And in turn, we thrive through that experience. Our brains love challenges. That's why when your kids see themselves in a challenge state, let's say they just had a really great soccer game. They just uh, learned to ride their bike. They just uh, aced a test. 
they look forward to doing it again next time, but even better. Right. So, so mountain climbers, you know, far example, but mountain climbers, once they've peaked this summit and they've, they've vested that challenge, what do they do? They look for the next summit that's even higher or more difficult. Our brains love challenges. We thrive in that environment, but that's only if we're willing to enable. So go back to parent, your kid sees a demand. What if they're not willing or unable to take that demand on? They don't want to, or they don't know how the mindset, skill set, tool set or they don't have the tools to do it. Well, the brain registers a, a, a fork left where they may take a left turn. They say, I don't want to, I don't know how, I don't have the mindset, skill set, or tool set to do it. I'm unwilling, unable. And our brain registered that as a threat. Interesting thing about threats is our brains will do anything possible to avoid a threat. We call it fight or flight. And in that state, whether it's taking a test at school or having to, to uh, vacuum the carpet, if, the, if they're in a threat state, then it, it's survival mode. And we tend to, instead of thrive, we just go to survive. So part one in the book is a whole lot about how parents can assess if their kids are living in a mindset, skill set, tool set of willing and able so that when they face the demands of life, they're ready or not. And as parents, we need to know if our kids are ready or not. So that's, that's, that's part one is, is that too much? I mean, I, I get kind of, I get, like I said, I get the sociologist geeky guy going here, right? No, it not, not too much at all. And I, I like the, the idea that there really isn't a, there isn't a third option, right? It, it, like you well, said, there is, there's just flight, like, right. It's just do nothing. Right. But in a way that's a state of, of, of survival. Mm-hmm. If I lay here still, maybe no one will notice me. <laughs> <You know? Right. laughs> it's, but in the true realities of life, um, you can't do that for long. As your life matures, the person needs to mature and mature people don't act like that. And I think we are, we are created to, to grow and to build and to bloom. Maybe is a better way to say that, we right? Are water that isn't running becomes stagnant, right? It's the rivers and the streams that are moving are constantly being fresh and clean. Why is that? Because it's washing all the yucky stuff out, right? It's continuing to move. So I'm very much in in agreement with that. Okay. So to that that point, to your point, in part one of the book, we explain to parents the difference between kids who grew up and those who grow up. A grown up has matured. They have, they have done what you said. They, they have not gone stagnant versus a, 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 someone who's a, who simply grew up, passed through enough birthdays to be counted as an adult. Mm-hmm. That does not make them a mature person. And we all know people who grew up without growing up. And our aspiration as parents, our goal is that our kids will grow up to be kind, confident, capable young men and women. We're moving into part two, the set. Tell us about what that means, the set part yep. of the book. So sets a lot about the mindset, skill set, and tool set that your kids are going to need to achieve. Specifically, the phases and stages of the development they're going to go through that are age and ability appropriate. So what I mean by that, and, and I'm 
it's it's actually can be broken up pretty simply. So like stage one be ages for kids who are like two to eight years old. Stage two would be kids who are nine to uh, to eleven. Stage three is twelve to fifteen. Stage four is like sixteen to twenty two and older. Right. So this this we call this a skill set maturity continuum, and it, it aligns with the also the tools that kids are going to need. But basically. In those age brackets, in those stages of their development, what are they learning how to do, parents? Are we teaching our kids how to do things that are age and ability appropriate so that they are getting the practice they need and developing and growing and layering onto their own experience so that by the time they're like 18 and we release them in their 18, 19, 20, 21 into the world, we're not concerned if they've got this or not. We've already seen that they've done this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and so in set, it's really about, let's go through this, this checklist essentially of the law. We call it the launch list broken into stages and then ranked by their skill level. So like, let me give you an example here. I'm in the earliest of stages. This is for kids who are like two to eight years old. Here's one for you. That's going to, every parent's going to laugh at this one right now. Change a toilet paper roll. Okay. See, you're laughing because in your own house, you know what the story is right now. You hear someone yell from a bathroom, I need toilet paper, right? You know, so this is a really basic skill, right? It is a total basic skill. It is. Yeah. So I, we're asking parents, and this is not the only skill, by the way, but in this age, in this age level, there's at least 33 and more you can add, but have they seen it done? Are they able to do it? Can they, or so it's not yet, like they've not known yet how to do it. They've seen it, they can do it, or they could teach it. Right. So, so in addition, there's things like read a clock, um, use manners like, yes, yes, please. And thank you. Uh, shake hands properly, take a shower on their own, brush their teeth, comb their hair, you know, help with weeding a garden. These are little things. It's not big stuff, you know, put away their own toys, but anybody who's over the age of two and and under eight should be able to do these things, but we skip forward. And now let's, I'm going to go into like teenagerhood, right? But a lot of your, your listeners are are this age, like 12 to 15. Right. Do you know how to cook on an outdoor grill? There's no reason why a 12 to 15 year old shouldn't be able to do burgers on an outdoor grill. Are they caring for their feet? And, and I joke not, this is the time of, of physical development where everything from literally trimming your toenails to washing between your toes becomes an important thing for the rest of your life. If you don't start now, you actually begin to, to get into trouble soon. Calculate gratuity, like, you know, leaving a tip, locate a stud in the wall. Oh, I like that. You know, the one to hang stuff on the walls, right? Yeah, you better yeah, put it in yeah. the right spot. At this age, you should be able to open a bank account. Right. Those are yes. you'll pack your own luggage for vacation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is just a couple examples of a very long list of things that they should either, they either don't know how to do it yet. They've seen it, they can do it, or they could teach it. So, and, and the list goes on, you know, all the way up to when they're you know, over uh, high school age and graduating, you know, are they able to, to manage a credit card? Are they able to pay their own bills on time? What if they change addresses? You know, are they re- able to re-register for their address? You know, how, what, how do you behave during a traffic stop? I mean, yes. these are all important skills. I don't want my kids to go out in the world and not know how to do. The concept here that I like is that you are giving them as many tools as possible to prepare them to go out into the world. Now, whether or not they accept it or utilize it or apply it 
you know, there's, I guess there's only so much we can do. We, you know, we, we can't, can't beat them into submission, but for those young men, those of you that are listening now, take heed to what he's talking about. This is what thrivehood is all about. It's applying yeah. what you're learning. It's applying and associating that life is coming at you. You know, you're, you're growing up and whether you want to or not, you're growing up. So getting prepared. Okay. So let's go to the, the, the final ready step go. What is go all about? Okay. So, so Tim in prep for the go section, your listeners need to hear something. I think it's really, really important is in their maturity. Like you just said, right. You, you can't just, you got to know how to do this stuff. There's a, there's an important thing that these guys need to understand is that the, when they say, I know they probably do, they probably know between the space between their ears, they got it in their heads, but that's passive learning. Active learning is when you can. And there's a big difference when your listeners start talking to the parents and say, mom, dad, I know that's a proper statement. Your parents are actually saying, yeah, but can you, there's a difference between right. I know and I can. Right. And then there's a third stage, which is called applied learning, which means I can show somebody else. I can actually put this into real life, not just show me, okay, I can do this, but you do it. And other people go, wow, how did you do that? Can you show me? So it's a form of, of, of mastery in a way. That's what mature people do. That's what mature young men are working on. Not just knowing, you know, passive learning, but active and applied learning, which comes now to the release plan, which is in part three of the book, which is go. And every parent needs to come up with a release plan for their kids because the age of 18 or, or older, when they go off to college or they move out on their own or they join the military, that's not the plan. Right. right. The plan is as you're as you mature and you gain these skills and tools and you're you're in the ready state to thrive. So it's all the way back from part one, right? Ready, and then the part two set. As we get ready to go, we need to be parent as parents, we need to be releasing our kids a little at a time over time. So I, I, I liken it to sort of like the concept of riding a bike. When my boys were little and I was teaching them to ride a bike. I literally showed them, this is how you ride a bike. This is daddy on a bike. You know, they got to see the concept, right? And we threw some training wheels on their little bikes and, you know, and they did tricycle stuff and little pushers. And, but there's a point where I was running beside them, holding to the seat, right? Telling them to, to steer like this and pedal like that. And then I had to let go. And so I gave them instruction and then I gave them guidance and then I gave them counsel, but between each instruction, guidance, and counsel, you got to let go. So instruction, let go, guidance, let go, counsel, let go. Mm -hmm. And the more mature our kids are, because like instruction and guidance is, is directional. Like I give my kids instruction, do this, then that. Guidance is directional also to my kids. Like, have you considered adding on and making it better? Whereas counsel is reversed. They come to us. And when we're in good relationship, they'll seek our counsel. But they have to already have that skill in place. So like, go back to the riding bike. I let go of the seat. Well, as my kids became better bike riders, I didn't run alongside them and keep grabbing on the seat. And if my son wanted to say, I'm going to go for a bike ride, I say, okay, let me put on my running shoes so I can hold on to the seat. It's not happening. They're way past that. Well, the same thing can be said of about most aspects of their life so that by time they leave our nest, we haven't been holding on for a long time. We've let that go. But we continue to give them guidance. 
And when they, when they come back to us and ask for counsel, that's the greatest compliment ever. So it could be, you know, uh, you know, like when my sons are doing home maintenance stuff, I don't do all the home maintenance around our house now. You know, if the toilet's not running right, I'll have one of my, my, my guys go take care of it. If I had daughters, it'd be the same thing. If I had daughters, they'd be taking care of it too. It doesn't matter to me what, what, what gender you are. It's just can you fix a leaky toilet? You because know, one day when you move off to New York to, to pursue your aspirations and you're in your own apartment and those toilet starts leaking, guess who's got to get fix it? You can't call dad. I live too far away. Um, but I'll give you, if you call me up and say, dad, what do you think? What should I do? I'm going to give you guidance and counsel, right? So same thing for cooking or driving or grades. I mean, instruction, guidance, counsel, instruction, release, guidance, release, counsel, release. Yeah, I've, I've talked to more than one set of parents that have said, you know, we, he turned here, she turned 18 and we thought they knew everything. And then all of a sudden we're, we're thinking to ourselves, why, why is he or she asking us how we, how he needs to, or she needs to open a bank account? I thought he already knew that by now, you know? So I, what I like about this is like you said, releasing a little bit at a time uh, over time, we, we, we're, we homeschool our kids and my wife and I are, are working on releasing them at some point, they have to take total ownership of their schooling, right. Of their grades, of taking their tests, of studying, you know, they're, you know, my wife has done an excellent job of teaching them how to write and how to, you know, if it's, we're talking English, how to do an, sure. first of all, get an idea and then write an outline and then, you know, put the three parts in beginning, middle and end and all that. Well, now my, my daughter and soon my son is going to, my daughter already is, and my son's already on the way of being able to take that over. Um, and pr- there's probably a number of areas we could do better in as far as the release aspect, but, but the, the general idea is the same of what you're talking about. I want to feel like they're confident when they step out into the arena of this world and they take on everything that's going on, that they've got a, a confident level that they can manage it for the most part. Right. And, and, and I don't know, Jonathan, about you and, and maybe you can elaborate, but I, I feel like that's huge. I feel like them walking in out into the world and, and having, well, I like what you said, knowing, would you say knowing, doing, and then. Uh, what was the third seen one? It? Seen it. Oh, so know it, can do it, can teach it. Yeah. I mean, I would, I'm, I might even steal that and do a podcast on it. <laughs> I'll give you credit. But I think that's important that they can go out there. Not only, not only do I know it and I've done it, but hey, if somebody else walks up to me and says, how do you do that? You, you can't tell me that doesn't also uh, breed uh, a, a level of confidence and a reassurance that I, I got to be honest, I think a lot of, a lot of teens in this day and age are they're struggling with that. I think to some level. So you're right, but there's more and there's better. And and here's what I mean by that. Confidence is about self-esteem, right? We want our, our kids to have a strong, high self-esteem, but confidence is not the same as capable. I can be highly confident. I could do something and then completely fail at it because I'd work myself up in my head that I can do this. Right. So what you're talking about is not just self-esteem, it's self-efficacy. And as parents, one of our, our responsibilities is to help our kids build self-efficacy. So, so for your young listeners, guys, you don't just want to feel good about yourself. You've got to be able to prove to yourself. Yes. And that's what self-efficacy is. Self-efficacy is I feel good about myself because I've already proven to myself that I can do this. So I've got some history, I've got some, some, I've got some history, and I've got some proof that I've been down this road before. Like, like an example would be, 
if if they have high self-esteem that they can uh, drive a car with a stick shift, right? Because there's been, they've played umpteen video games and there's a great, you know, online YouTube channel about it. And, and then um, they step into a car. I mean, this is their dream car. Someone says you want to give it a drive. They're like, oh my goodness, yes. And they get in there and they find out that it's a stick shift. Self-efficacy is I know how to drive a stick shift because I've already driven a stick shift. I know how to work the clutch. I know how to feather the gas. I know how to shift between gears. Self-esteem is like, dude, I got this, but they've never actually put hands on and foot on pedals, hands on, on stick shift, foot on pedals. So what you guys, what you need to work on is how do I build my self-efficacy proof that I have actually done it? So which means you've got to actually do the stuff, not just say, you know, it. Good stuff. As always, Jonathan, I appreciate the time. And you know how I always like to end my podcast. I always let the guest have the last word. What is a quick thought, motivation, challenge, inspiration that you want to leave with my listeners as it relates to this book, something you want to share with them? Listeners understand this, that um, raising you, your parents, right? Raising you it never goes according to plan. It doesn't. As parents, we think we got this, but we're trying the very best we can. And the probability of your parents um, having been down this road before, unless you have like a bunch of older siblings, they may have done it one or two times. And the truth is you're different than your siblings anyway. So I tell my sons all the time, look, I've never been the parent of a 21-year-old before. Or my, my, my younger son, who's 18, I said, look, I've never been the parent of an 18-year-old like you before. So give your parents some slack, but help them too to understand how unique and valuable you are. Because uh, as I said last time we were on the show, everyone is capable of greatness and the world needs yours. Help your parents be better at raising you ready and you'll be ready for your greatness. This podcast is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. Views and opinions expressed by guests are not necessarily those of the host. Please seek the advice of a trusted adult or qualified professional on matters specific to your needs. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.